go keto or go home. Nice. Some people say that the ketogenic diet is just for the clinically obese or diabetic. That you can't build muscle with keto. That you can't work out without carbs. That you can't eat delicious meals while staying lean year-round. Well, meet Jason Whitrock, the keto king. He's an ambassador for bodybuilding.com, a fitness model, a coach and an athlete. Clearly he's doing something right and that's what we'll be talking about in today's Body Mind Your Power and Podcast. I'm your host Seamlund. Yo. But now, let's delve into the dark side of the fitness industry. Body, mind, empowerment. Get stronger, faster, smarter, quicker, friendlier, more helpful, more driven. Everything the body needs. Control your mind. Today, we have the keto king himself on the show, Jason Whitrock. Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. My pleasure, bud. Nice. And uh, for those of you who don't know, then Jason is a fitness model. He's a YouTuber, social media influencer, an athlete, and a father as well. So, uh, why don't we just you know talk, start off with uh, your journey on the ketogenic diet? What got you started? Yeah, sure. So I've uh, tried just about every single diet since I was about 12 years old, growing up as a wrestler. And when I got into the fitness industry, um, there was a lot of pressure to stay in shape year-round and I'd always cut carbs because the secret to losing weight, as I found out, was not calories in, calories out. It was controlling carbs. And uh, every photo shoot I went on, every bodybuilding show, every every you know prep for every single thing I did in the fitness industry required me to cut carbs. The problem with that was it was very hard to sustain. Um, and so eventually I'd come across the ketogenic diet working with kids with mental illness. Um, it was completely new and different to everything I – had learned growing up everything the fitness industry was telling me um all of a sudden i was you know expected to increase my fat intake so i just took the leap of faith i tried the ketogenic diet all of a sudden it was literally the best thing mm. ever because i was able to cut carbs and have energy mm. so that's kind of why i started using the ketogenic diet just to make my career and my life much more easy to sustain and the good thing about when i hit when i got on the ketogenic diet i no longer felt like i was suffering which mm. to me was very important so i can you know continue to stay in shape year round and not suffer so sign me up right exactly yeah like uh, i totally agree with you on the part that the when you're when you're into like working out and fitness in general then you wouldn't expect that you know keto could work you you wouldn't expect that you could sustain your uh, workout routine without carbs and it's kind yeah. of a, it's kind of a paradigm goes, shift yeah it is big time and it's risky for somebody like me as well i mean mm. you got to understand my at that time and still to this day my paycheck depends on being in the best shape of my life yeah. um and so when when somebody says hey you should have 75% of your calories from fat you need to be eating things like butter and sour cream and <laughs> cheese and avocados and steak and eggs and yeah all this stuff, you freak out. You're thinking, wow, this is either going to be the best thing ever or I'm going to lose my job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and, and the doctors, and, doctors, they're not helping either, you know. Yeah, exactly. And then you got them telling you you're going to have a heart attack if you keep putting butter in your coffee. And uh, so you, you just have to kind of forget about everything you know and learned and be open-minded and kind of take the plunge. And that's what I did and it ended up paying off big time for me. So and now, now I feel like I have a competitive advantage over all the people in my industry. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because it's becoming you know more and more popular amongst yes, it is. All, all sorts of people, like athletes and sedentary people. Yeah, so yeah. You, in my industry especially, because in, in the fitness industry, everybody is big time afraid of fat. Yeah. And so now all these competitors are starting to realize that they can increase their healthy fats, and um, it's a good thing for them. Yeah, so do you think like it could work for everyone? Oh yeah, I've seen it work for everyone, no doubt about it. Uh, young people, old people, people who are sick, people who are already healthy, people who want to lose weight, people who want to build muscle, people who just you know fight depression, um, people who fight cancer, uh, people who have diabetes. It's it's the cure. It's it's almost unbelievable how many things the ketogenic diet is being used for, and how many different people from all different walks of life that it touches. And that's that's why it's becoming so big and so powerful. Is people are literally it's not even just a diet where you're just losing weight i mean it's you're changing everything your mental and your physical health uh, and it just it can't be matched people think it, that keto is some sort of fad 
but you know, <laughs> it's you know yeah like let me let me rebounding yeah. the fact that it's not a fad you know it's not a tumor hey hey it's not a fad if they're using it to cure cancer and i'll tell you this right now it's not a fad if it is a fad it's been around since the 1920s mm. it just got it just got suppressed by big business and big government and and and, and the sugar industry yeah. but it, how are you going to call it a fad when it was created as a way to help treat seizures in children with epilepsy mm. that's not a fad that's, that ain't no fad <laughs> yeah that's a that's a life-saving medical application of, of diet and um so if people want to think it's a fad then all the power to you, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I've never done a fad diet for two years. Let me put it that way. <laughs> yeah, but, and to not to mention also the fact that it quite literally changes the uh, metabolic state of your body. You know, you're either exactly. in ketosis or you're not. It's quite binary in a sense that... Yeah. I, when I think of fads, I think of just diets that follow some kind of societal belief, some mm. kind of like dogma some you know mm -hmm. um or or some crazy eating thing this is this is going back to our roots eating things like butter and steak and avocados nuts and seeds uh, yeah. you know the, the the basics are kind of the original, original human diet in a sense yeah we're not out eating anything crazy we're just out eating what we're supposed to be eating yeah but but at the same time you can't you can't say that all carbs are bad and that uh, it's true that we did involve to eat some fruit and grains and starchy tubers such as that but it's you know seasonal and cyclical yeah yeah that's that's very true and and if you have insulin resistance and you gain weight easily even though we might have evolved to eat that stuff i highly recommend you avoid it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you can say we evolved to eat grains and starches and fruits and things but unfortunately like i said if you're trying to lose weight those things are not going to help you out um i do believe that obviously vegetables um are good carbs nuts are good carbs so mm -hmm. yeah there are good carbs it's just the refined mm -hmm. grains the starches and the sugars that that is the problem for most people yeah and uh one of your coaching programs is uh, actually about the cyclical ketogenic diet as well. So what are, your, what are your what are your experiences with this type of eating? Um, well, my perspective has changed. I wrote that program about two years ago, and you know when I first got into the ketogenic diet, it was nobody was doing it. Mm. It was it was nowhere near what it is right now. The idea I'd even be doing a podcast with somebody like you mm. two years ago would have been a non-existent <laughs> possibility. Um, I literally felt like I was alone. And so I kind of thought, you know, I want to make sure that I take this diet to the people and give them a way to make it sustainable because mm -hmm. I knew in my heart, yeah, keto is great. It's the best diet on earth. Carbs are the devil and they make you fat and kill you, but I'm not going to mm -hmm. never have pizza again the rest of my life. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. Like I, I want to take a realistic and practical approach because I know a lot of the people I deal with you know, they have lives, they have yeah. their fathers, husbands, they want to go out with their kids on the weekends, they go on vacations. And so I wanted to kind of encourage them to know that you can do a cyclical approach, uh, mm -hmm. meaning you can have carbs, you know, every two or three weeks, and it ain't going to kill you. It's going to be fine, you just get back into the game. Um, so that's essentially my was my premise with the cyclical approach. Um, it was interesting, because I was recommending, you know, you have a full carb day, like mm -hmm. once every three weeks and you just get to eat whatever you want that day. And for a lot of people it worked, but then for a lot of other people, it didn't work. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of other people would take their carb day. They'd go back to the carbs. You got to understand Simland, you do know this carbs are like drugs, man, period, <laughs> straight up. They, they hit the same part of your brain as cocaine. And, and when you pull them away, the, the body will fight you like hell to get them back. And so when you kind of kick your addiction for three weeks and then all of a sudden somebody says, hey, you can have your, your drugs back for a day, it, most, a lot of people have a, a, an emotional, very difficult time getting back on the train the next day. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. It's like they're in the gutter again. Um, yeah, and, and so I've kind of shifted my approach, my strategy for myself and for others and, and kind of scaling it back and just saying you can have a cheat meal, but you don't want to schedule it. The idea now for me is go as long as I can in ketosis, um, 50 days, 60 days, who knows, however long I can. And then if I, if I want to take a cheat meal or if I feel like taking one, I'll take one and that's it. End of story. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, at first you do the ketogenic diet and then you discover, oh, oh I can do some uh, carb refeeds as well without, you know, being negative influence. And, and then you start, you know, pounding in some ice cream, some pizzas. 
Yeah, it's a slippery, it's a slippery slope. And then, yeah, yeah, it's a slippery slope. Uh, But people do need to understand that you don't have to live the rest of your life in ketosis, you can pop out for a meal or two and then just Mm -hmm. enjoy life. Um, You know, the average person here in America gets 400 grams of carbs every single day. That's crazy. Yeah. So if I take in 50 grams once every month or once every three weeks, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, but it's all about staying mentally strong in those situations. That's going to determine whether it's a good idea or a bad idea. Yeah. And, and I also like to think that it's actually beneficial for your metabolism to, you know, get kicked out of ketosis so that you would maintain the ability to burn carbs as well and to not not feel yeah. not, not develop any intolerances to gluten or something like that either yeah yeah i would agree yeah and but at the same time you know if you do a cyclical ketogenic diet on a consistent basis then you're going to have some of the keto flu all the time which is going to suck as well you know the next day yeah if you're doing if you're doing cheat meals every week or every two weeks that could be the case um but and everybody responds differently i mean mm. i can get away with it easily i'm very insulin sensitive i can tolerate carbs but like i said before if you're on the other end of the spectrum, you're insulin resistant. Where all, if you even look at carbs, you get fat. Mm. Then, then it's a little bit of a, of a different story. So yeah, like I remember one of your recent videos was actually about how you did have this uh, cheat day, and you mm-hmm. got kicked out of ketosis. Like, uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? What happened? Like how your yeah. body, how your body reacted. Yeah, it was quite interesting. I had I'd been keto for 55 days in a row. My body had obviously made all the adaptations. I've been doing this for a long time, so I'm pretty keto adapted, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a cheat meal. It was one of those situations where I was going to a dinner party that the, the host said, hey, you're not even going to be able to do keto. We're not making a keto meal, so I'm just giving you a heads up. So I just bit the bullet and mm-hmm. said, fine, I'll enjoy myself, have some wine, have some pasta, whatever. Um, you know, and it would, I was just, I felt a little bit bummed out. I'd gone so long and now I have my cheat meal. But the next day I measured my ketones and I was still very much in ketosis and didn't even knock me out. Mm. And I was good. You're, you're very good. You. Um, that's, that's quite interesting, you know. Yeah, I think that's what I'm saying. The longer you go, the more adapted you get, then the less effect those carbs have. Mm when you eat them. And, and just to clarify, when you do eat carbs, it's, you know, it's not being stored as fat. I think people get misled because you get the water bloat, the inflammation, you feel like crap. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that stuff is going to muscle glycogen, all the carbs, you know, you'd have to really blow it out of the water in order to start storing that stuff as fat, but nonetheless. Yeah, exactly. Like um, I, I really even recall from my own cyclical ketogenic diet days that that you could even eat some, I don't know, 500 grams of carbs or even more. Yeah. Not all of that goes into your muscles and gets mm-hmm. used. Well, your body can store 500 grams of carbs as glycogen. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a gas tank. So, I mean, if you sit there and eat 100 grams of carbs, it's going to fill up that gas tank. And But like I said, so those that's, that's going to the muscle cells. But a- after that gas tank gets topped off, if you continue to eat carbs, they will be stored in fat cells. Yeah, exactly. So, but, but people don't really, they don't really, the perception is when they wake up in the morning and they feel like they spent all day at the bar the night before, um, then none of that stuff matters. They feel like crap. <laughs> you get the water and the, the water retention, the inflammation, all that stuff. So, yeah. but anyways. I also transitioned over to the targeted ketogenic diet myself. Have you heard oh, okay. about it? Have you heard yeah, of, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Just to clarify for your viewers, there's three different ways of doing keto. There's strict keto, um, which they use for medical applications and, and people, you know, who are trying to reverse diabetes, lose significant amount of weight. And then there's the targeted ketogenic diet where you take in a certain amount of carbs before a workout to fuel performance. It's used by a lot of athletes and obviously you yourself. And then there's the cyclical approach, which in my opinion is used mostly for ease of you, you know, just to be mm. able to kind of live a regular lifestyle and have your carbs every once in a while. So how do you, how, uh, how are you liking the targeted approach? I'm loving it, you know, because it, it allows me to maintain the mental clarity of ketosis and the low carb mm-hmm. eating all the time. You, you don't get the keto flu, you don't get the carb, carb bloat either, in a sense, and you get to, you know, boost your performance with those very small dose of carbs carbs at the same time. So I'm loving it. Yeah. And so the idea is you're taking in the carbs, but your body is utilizing them right away. So they don't yeah, even get a exactly. chance to be stored. And so you're, since you're working out, you're burning off all that glucose. Yeah right there on the spot. What do you, um, what do you, what kind of carbs are you using before your workout? Uh, I try to stick to some of the more natural 
natural, like easy to digest, digest the high glycemic carbs, like a ripe banana or mm-hmm. some dates or, or mm-hmm. some, I, I, I used to do some dexter powder, but at the moment I'm kind of skipping it because I, yeah, was, I, wouldn't I do still, that. still want to get the micronutrients banana! from the banana or something exactly. like that. Exactly. Stick with, stick with real food. Oh, that's interesting, man. Yeah. Have you, have you tried something like that yourself? No, I have not. Um, I've not tried the targeted ketogenic diet. Mm, yeah. I don't know that I will. I don't know that I will. Well, it's not necessary, but you know, it's kind of a this kind of a yeah. I mean, jet yeah, I guess. Boost, in a sense. Yeah, I can't really say. I've never, I've never tried it, but I don't know. I, I kind of, for me, I'm, I'm like a all or nothing type of guy too. Like, I, I don't know if I'd be able to mentally be able to take in carbs every day mm. before my workout, and I just kind of. You know, like mm-hmm. to keep it clean. I'm either keto or having a cheat meal, one or the other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Keto is so simple. And, yeah, exactly. And stupid so, effective. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very good, man. And uh, speaking of being effective, you know, you've you've worked with a ton of clients and you've helped them to achieve their physique goals as well. Mm-hmm. But like, what are some of the most common problems or mistakes you you see people make? Mm, I would say panicking when the scale doesn't move. Mm. I would say plateaus, and I think, you know, when I first started working with clients two years ago, there was no real huge expectations. They were just like, okay, this is this is working and this is good. And but then as the diet became more and more popular, more and more people started doing it. More and more people started sharing their stories on YouTube, and it was like people were saying, "Yo, I started keto and grew wings and flew." I mean, you hear all kinds of crazy testimonials about Mm. how amazing the diet is how much weight people are losing how they did this and that so for somebody new starting the diet their expectations are through the roof yeah you know they think this is going to take two weeks and they're going to be a completely different person and so managing those expectations has become harder and harder um and then like i said when people the scale is not your friend on this diet because Mm. you're able to maintain lean muscle which is one of the don't one of the other reasons why i do this diet Mm. So that scale, as you know, is very fickle. It doesn't really move like like if I just starved my clients to death, that scale is <laughs> going to move. But they're going to lose muscle and fat, and that's not the goal. And you won't have um, clients soon. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You won't have any. I've been there. You won't have any clients anymore. Um, and so it's it's very much. That's why I very much tout like it's all about the journey, and you got to make it a lifestyle because some people have to hold on for longer than others before they see the results. So I think just you know the the mental game is. Um, my main focus when it comes to working with people is just managing expectations, keeping them strong, persistent, and committed. And it's actually a lot easier on keto because you lose the sugar cravings, you reduce mm-hmm. your appetite, and it's so easy actually. You're balanced. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You you actually like regain your clarity. You re- regain your sanity as well, in a sense. You yeah. You, you get it's like a fo- it's like a fog is lifted over over your eyes. Like you're just like <laughs> I can I can see clearly now. Exactly. Get pulled out of the matrix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, oh, but but like, uh, if, what would you recommend for someone who, who has maybe had uh, like like a cheat day? They fall off the wagon. How could they get back on track as fast as possible? It depends on why they started, and how and how strong that 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 reason is. The mm-hmm. why, you know. Um, I find most people that do this for themselves have an easier time getting back after a fall, but those who do it for other people, um, like their reason is because I want so-and-so to look at me this way. I want to be accepted by this crowd. I want to be, you know, this, all that. I I find they have a harder time getting back. Mm -hmm. The people that are like, I'm doing this for me. I'm changing my own life for me and understanding that, you know, shit happens. Exactly. Nobody's, nobody's perfect. Nobody's trying to be perfect. Um, it's, you know, you just got to forget, forget it ever happened and keep walking forward. Exactly. Just keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you yourself, you're doing keto and you're training hard at the same time mm-hmm. and you don't have like a ton of fat to lose. So mm-hmm. do, do you like uh, recommend the same uh, dietary and training advice to your, to like someone who is obese or struggling yes. with weight? Yes. Well, I mean, I don't necessarily say they have to work out like me and do the same things I do. Any any type of workout is effective, but yeah, just just because 
I'm not obese doesn't mean that a person who is obese shouldn't do what I'm doing. Um, I, most of my, most of my recommendations and, and teachings and things come from a place of, I know what the, what, what's affecting other people. I, I don't like, do you know what I mean? I, I try and uh, you I'm not experience. giving people, I'm not saying this is what's working for me exactly. So you should go do this. I say, well, I understand most people, you know, most yeah. people are, are this way. Like, for example, I, Hey, I could eat all the carbs I want to be completely mm. honest with you and your viewers. I, I, yeah, I'm yeah. genetically, I'm genetically blessed to where I can sit and eat all kinds of carbs and I won't get fat. Yeah, vascular. But does that mean I'm going to go out and tell other people, uh, hey, you can eat carbs aren't bad. You can eat all the carbs you want. Look at me. I don't get fat. It's, mm. you know, don't believe all the stuff you hear and all this. So, <laughs> yeah. I can get away with a lot of stuff that I, you know, but I don't. I choose not to. And um, so, yeah, I don't care if you're obese, 20 pounds overweight, 10 pounds overweight. You don't have any weight to lose whatsoever. Uh, the ketogenic diet is still the most effective diet on earth. Mm. Yeah, the, the reason I ask you this is because you you did this uh, crazy 4,000 calorie keto challenge for 21 days as well. Can you tell us mm -hmm. like what happened? Uh, so I decided to take in 4,000 calories. I only weigh about 150 pounds. I don't know what that is in kilograms, but um, um, uh, and I decided to take in 4,000 calories every single day for 21 straight days. I've logged it all on YouTube. You can go see it. Um, and I lost two pounds. Um, that's, you know, and it was, it was pretty remarkable. It wasn't really what I expected. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of things that came out of it. It was, it was a social experiment. Um, you know, I don't recommend anybody else try that though. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying you're going to lose weight by eating 4,000 calories, but for some reason I did. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, it was a big learning lesson. It was very interesting. I think the most important thing was I was taking in 400 grams of fat a day. Mm. So it wasn't just the 4,000 calories. It was the fact that I was eating 400 grams crazy, yeah. of fat a day. The average American gets 30. <laughs> and I didn't gain a bunch of weight. I didn't die. Mm. I, I, I felt better than ever. I had more energy than ever because I was taking in more calories. My body was simply uh, reciprocating with more energy. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, it raised a lot of questions in the community. It raised a lot of questions amongst researchers, all these different people, some other people on YouTube who try to duplicate it. Uh, but um, I think one of the biggest takeaways for me and from that experiment was the effect protein has when you're trying to lose weight. Um, had I done that, so my initial goal was to do the challenge at 75% fat, 20% protein, 5% carbs, which is the standard mm -hmm. percentages for a ketogenic diet. Uh, I quickly realized that, that uh, um, 20% of my calories from protein would have meant I had to eat 200 grams of protein a day. Mm -hmm. That's more than one pound per body weight, yeah. per pound of body weight, or one gram, I should say. Um, that's 200 grams of protein, and, and I was like, that's going to be bad because protein spikes insulin. Essentially, I'd still be spiking insulin all day long if I had to take that much in. Mm -hmm. So throughout the challenge, I really kept my protein down closer to 10% mm -hmm. um, to minimize the insulin spikes. And I think that was the key factor in why I actually didn't gain weight. It comes to show like that the hormonal adaptations, those are actually more, a lot more detrimental for that. In that yeah, it's not. Trust me, it's not the quantity of food you eat. It's the quality of food you eat and, and the effect that food has on your hormones. Yeah. Um, I wish it was as easy as calories in, calories out, brother. Trust me, <laughs> because then all I'd have to do, then all I'd have to do is come on YouTube and just tell everybody to eat less and do my workout program and work out like me. Yeah. Um, how easy would that be? And that's what a lot of, and then, and then I just come up with some ridiculous formula to tell you how many, to guess how many calories I think you should have a day. And if you come to me and you say, I'm not getting results, I'm just going to cut your calories. <laughs> I'm just going to say, well, you must be eating too much You're food too then, lazy, bro. Too yeah, lazy. you must be, are you doing my workout program? Are you doing it hard enough? Are you working out twice a day? Um, you got to be like me. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and unfortunately, that's the easy way. To, to, to go about it. The hard way is explaining the truth to people mm -hmm. um, because it requires you to understand insulin, blood sugar, um, different types of foods and how they affect blood sugar. And, and there's, it's, it's, uh, and a lot of people don't have time. To, they don't want to, they don't want to go through that. They just want to tell people, you know, guys like me, they just want to tell people to go buy their damn workout program and eat less. Mm -hmm. Um, so 
I'll take the road harder traveled, and 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 I'm fine with that. Yeah, but uh, how have, how has your macronutrition been adjusted after that? What 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 macros do you eat at, at the moment? I don't have macros. I have percentages. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't count calories. I don't count grams. So my guiding star is the pie chart in my fitness pal or the percentages. So I stay between 70 and 80% fat, no matter how many calories I eat. At the end of the day, I make sure that my fat is around 70 to 80%. I make sure my protein is around 10 to 20%. And I make sure my carbs are around 5 to 10%. I never exceed 50 grams of total carbs a day, Mm. no matter how many calories. So if I eat 4,000 calories, as long as I stay within that ratio, I'm good. If I eat 1,500 calories, same thing. I just look at that pie chart, and as long as I'm within those ratios – I'm good because I know that protein spikes insulin, so I keep it down 10 to 20%. I know that carbs spike insulin, so I keep that down 5 to 10%. I can eat all the fat I want, basically, because fat doesn't spike insulin, so I'm good on that. Mm. And uh, and I don't stress about any of it. I don't. I don't even. I don't weigh my food. I don't. I don't. You know. Yeah. Tr- I, I just. It's so much. It's for me, in my opinion, it's the easiest and quickest way to make it a lifestyle. And, and I'd be honest, I, I don't track every day either. Mm-hmm. Um, tracking is like learning how to dance, yeah. you know, and, and you're counting steps off in your head one, two, and you, you know, all of a sudden you got to get yourself to a point to where you can dance freely without counting steps in your head. And so that's what I've done. I know for a fact that at the end of the day today, I will be within those ratios. I don't have to track. I can use the force as they say. Is the force. Um, and if I ever get, if I ever get off track or I'm like, ah, something doesn't feel right. I'll go back to tracking for a day or two. I'll count the steps off in my head again. Yeah, exactly. Like it's a good metaphor you gave us. Like, uh, I'm, I'm, I myself, I'm quite similar. Like at first I would imagine you would, would want to count some of your food just, you know, to make sure that you're getting the right percentages. But after that, you develop this intuitive sense and mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. like intuitive idea about how much how much protein or how much pro how much fat does that particular food have and you you know also can yeah. taste it yeah because at that point you know what kind of food you're eating you know you've you it's not a you don't it's not a guessing game so much anymore mm-hmm. you know you you've got it down and you can start trusting yourself and eat when you're hungry and eat until you're full and you know as long as you eat the right foods everything's going to regulate itself. That's another reason why I don't count calories. It's like the beauty of this diet is your body can regulate itself. It'll tell you how many calories it wants as long as you feed it the right food. Like when you you can sit there and eat a plate full of pancakes, no problem. But you can't sit there and eat a plate full of steaks. Mm. Trust me. And so the body just has a way when you feed it the right stuff of balancing itself out. Some days you might have 1,200 calories. Some days after a hard workout, you might have 3,000. Um, let your body decide. And some days you might have one meal a day. Some days you might have three meals a day. Some days you might not have any meals at all. It all depends on what your body's telling you. And, um, and that's, I think a, a point that people miss so much when they get bogged down into the details. It allows you to get more in touch with your body. Exactly. And it lowers stress when you do that. Oh yeah, totally. But uh, what about, what about training and keto? What kind of training do you think fits the ketogenic diet, the best. Uh, they have. I have all these studies that have recently come out. With the saying that high-intensity interval training is the best because it burns up glycogen the quickest. All this stuff, and I don't care about that. Um, when I talk to somebody, or I work with somebody. It's. It's. Are you working out? No. Okay. Well, then what? What? What do you love? What could you do? What could get you started? What? Walking around the park, walking your dogs. You know. Mm-hmm going to the park with your kids, uh, doing at home DVDs. You just got to, you just got to do what you love when it comes to working out. It's all bonus. Like I've said before, all your results are going to come from the diet. Mm -hmm. Um, so when it comes to training and working out, no matter what diet you're on, um, any exercise is good. In my opinion, there is no, like, like if I just, if I took a client and I was like, okay, Hey, you're going to do who, who barely even works out, who's probably maybe not worked out at all. And I say to them, hey, well, listen, all the studies show that high-intensity interval training is the best thing to do. So I know you don't have any gym experience, but here's your program. I'm going to have you go do this crazy hit protocol. Um, good luck. Um, <laughs> and there you go. And so they go. They do it for two weeks. They're like, I hate this. This is not for me. 
and they end up quitting. And what ends up happening is they not only quit the workout, they also end up quitting the diet mm. because it's just an all, all one package deal. They're just like, I feel defeated. I'm done. I'm not made for this. I'm out. So that's why I encourage anybody listening. Uh, there is no one right way to work out. Take it from me, a fitness professional that would love to sell you a program, but I understand that there are many things that you can do. There's not just my program. There's not just, you got to do CrossFit for the best results. You do whatever you love. Mm -hmm. You love doing CrossFit, go do CrossFit. As long as you do it with a hundred percent passion and dedication, you're going to get results. Um, so that's the way I feel about that. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of true. The fitness yeah. industry is very dogmatic in, in that sense. Yes. Yeah. They're like, cause everybody's trying to sell stuff. You know, and like I said, me me included, I, I sell a workout program. You can mm -hmm. go buy it at 20 bucks, jasonwhitrock.com. It's an amazing program. Uh, but can you get results doing another program? Absolutely. Do you even have to buy a program? No. Your program should just be wake up in the morning, think about what I love to do, what I feel like doing that day, and go do it. Mm. Um, and, and you're going to get results from that. It's mm. just all about continuous improvement and finding what you love. Wow, that's yeah, powerful. But uh, let's say if someone is trying to how like how would you adjust your training if someone is trying to lose lose fat versus trying to build muscle? Uh, because because you you can't you know build muscle with with just jogging or yeah you're not going to build yeah if you want to build muscle you got to go lift lift weight that you have to put stress on the muscle you have to do resistance training. I don't, I don't believe you have to either go heavy or light. You can mix it up, do whatever you want, but you got to get in there and you got to, you got to tax the muscles. You got to give your muscles a reason to grow. And I'm a big fan of resistance training over cardio all day. I'm not a big cardio fan. I think the big misconception is, oh, I want to lose weight. I better go run miles on the treadmill. Wrong. Trust me. Wrong. Uh, mm -hmm. you're better off going to lift the weights. Um, so, you know, I do stuff called Tabata. That's about the only cardio I do. Um, which is only like four minutes. Um, so yeah, I think whether you want to build muscle or you want to lose weight, your best bet is to get in the gym and lift weights, whether you're a guy or a girl, young or old. Uh, but again, if lifting weights isn't your thing, then find what is your thing and do that. And I promise you, you're going to get results. And uh, just do it. Yeah. But yeah. But how would you maybe adjust? Would you make any adjustments to the diet as well if you would if you were to try to build muscle? Well, if you're trying to build muscle and you're actually going into the gym breaking down the muscle fibers and really taxing your system, your body will naturally demand more calories from you. It will. It will. <laughs> you'll. So it, you don't really have to make the adjustment. You don't. Your body will naturally say, "Yo, Simlan, we're built. You're trying to build muscle over here, so we need more energy. You just expended tons at the gym. Let's eat." Mm. And as long as you listen to those signals and kind of free yourself from the, oh, is this too many calories? I don't know, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, then you don't have to make any adjustments. Your body will do it for you. Um, keep eating the right foods. Keep feeding it what it wants and, and you'll be good. Good. But let's now maybe talk about some supplements as well. You, you probably tried a lot of different brands both mm -hmm. before and after your ketogenic journey. And mm -hmm. uh, we all know that, you know, the fitness industry, they try to steal you a ton of magic powders and ingredients that you don't really need. So, but mm -hmm. what are some of the key supplements that, you know, definitely work and could benefit everyone's physique goals? Creatine monohydrate. Mm -hmm. um, if you are really active and, and working out, um, it's used for ATB, like energy production. Um, it goes a long way if you're really trying to build muscle. Um, BCAAs, I think, are essential as well in that in that regard. Um, also, a supplement called leucine, which is actually contained in BCAAs. Mm -hmm. uh, I think leucine is important if you're trying to lift weights and and develop your body in the gym. Uh, that triggers protein synthesis, mm -hmm. uh, so that's why that's important. Um, I I like omega three fish oils. Um, another key one is magnesium. Uh, it's a critical electrolyte on this diet. Um, I don't take potassium supplements. I think they're here in America. They're kind of a scam mm -hmm. um, because you're only allowed to get 99 milligrams per dose uh, when you need 4,000. 99 doesn't go very far. Um, and in terms of essentials, you know, that's – that's what I think are essential. You can take a multivitamin if you want. Um, you can also take a fiber supplement if you want. If you have problems with, with bowel movements and things, taking a fiber supplement, something like psyllium husk is, 
is good. Uh, but you can take some B vitamin as well. Not necessarily essential, but, um, so those are the, those are the things that kind of pop up in my head as, mm. you know, the standard supplements, but yeah, uh, I think, I think like, yeah, everyone has to still focus on the real foods, getting the micronutrients from your actual food intake. Yes. 100%. Absolutely. Supplements aren't going to save your life. Food mm. is. And yeah, one of the common, uh, common reasons why people get the keto flu is, is potassium deficiencies. Like you mentioned, like you need a ton of potassium every single day. Like how do you make sure that you get enough potassium in your diet? Uh, so like you said, the number one reason why people fail on this diet is the lack of electrolytes. So there's three electrolytes, there's sodium, potassium, and magnesium. So you asked about potassium. Um, you need about 4,000 milligrams of potassium a day, which is a lot. Um, I always make sure, I think the best source of potassium is an avocado, mm. um, that has about a thousand milligrams. So I always have at least one avocado a day. Um, you can get potassium from green leafy vegetables as well. You can get them from almonds. And then here in America, they sell like a, a fake salt that is basically like potassium salt. Mm. So you can sprinkle that on your food and that'll increase your potassium levels. Um, when it comes to sodium, which in my opinion is the number one reason why people fail, um, Sodium levels, if they go – so when you're on keto, you're suppressing insulin, which allows you to burn fat. That's a good thing. The problem, though, is insulin is also the hormone that tells your kidneys to store sodium. Mm -hmm. So when the kidneys don't get that signal, they flush sodium out, especially when you work out. It just multiplies. If your sodium levels go down, so do you. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you don't know about the sodium levels and you go down, you just blame the diet. You're just like, oh, this diet sucks. You know, yeah. and I feel like crap. I have I a headache. I'm tired. I can't even get out of bed. They think it's the diet, but it's not. It's the sodium. So I always salt my food. I eat salty snacks. I'll take, I'll take salt, put it on the back of my tongue and just swish it down. Mm, yeah, um, you can also do chicken broth. Uh, you need about 4,000 milligrams of sodium a day. Here in the United States, the government recommends we take in 2,000. Mm -hmm. That's so kinda, you need yeah, you need to you essentially you need to double it because you're not getting excess sodium, um, and magnesium plays a critical role in like every metabolic function there is. Uh, I recommend you take a magnesium supplement. You need about four to five hundred milligrams. Um, they sell magnesium over the counter mm. uh, in pharmacies, and you just go pick one of those up, and you'll be good. I heard an avocado a day keeps the doctor away. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, yes. Uh, that's right. It's one of the, hey, where do you Simland, where do you live again? Uh, I'm in Estonia, in uh, Estonia. the Baltics, northern Europe, right. Baltics, near Finland. All right, man. Finland. So, so yeah, we definitely have to make sure that we also get our 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 vitamin D. In particular, it's one of the in these parts of the world we don't get that much sunlight even during the summer. So it's one of those crucial micros we have to yeah have to get so you can of. take one of those that's that's a good thing to add to the supplement list then yeah the vitamin yeah. d the vitamin d supplement that's that's cool um is the uh is the diet becoming more and more popular in your homeland well it's i would say it's there is it's there, there isn't you know any public uh, awareness about it that, mm -hmm. that uh, there's there's still like the emerging movement of paleo and things like that so yeah. we're kind of moving towards it and, yeah, you guys uh, are just a little bit behind then. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> paleo's paleo's over in the United States. <laughs> yeah, paleo. No, it's not. It's not over. It's just the. Mm -hmm. I, and I hope the same thing doesn't happen to keto that happened to paleo, but yeah. I don't think there is. I think it's a natural progression of diets. First, you had Atkins. Mm -hmm. Here, have you heard of Atkins? Yeah. Uh -huh. Millions of people changed their life with that. And what's at the root of that? Cutting carbs. Exactly. <laughs> that was it. That was the whole premise of the Atkins diet was cutting carbs. That's why it worked for so many people. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't increase the fat, and so a lot of them couldn't stick on it long term. Um, then you had paleo, which kind of went back to clean eating and all that stuff, which a lot of people got results from, but people who needed to lose weight still weren't getting results with paleo because it still allows you to eat starchy carbs and fruit. Mm. And then, then naturally, so everybody kind of faded off of that, and then now enter keto. Mm. Um, and I don't I think, think anything's gonna. I don't think anything's gonna replace keto. Like if you talk about the progression of diets, I honest to God don't see anything. Because I'm always looking for the next best diet. Mm. Trust me, my whole life has been spent trying to find the best diet. Um, I literally feel like I found the holy grail of diets, and everything else is inferior. And there's no way anything's gonna pop up that's gonna be better than keto. 
Yeah, like, like, and it's true because, you know, the Atkins and Paleo, they're still just low-carb diets. You're still, yeah. You're still running on a sugar-burning engine you know, without, you know, switching over to ketosis. Yeah, exactly. You got, everybody who's listening to this needs to understand. You will not lose weight unless you cut carbs, period. End of story. No negotiations. That's all there is to it. There's multiple ways to cut the carbs. You can just simply reduce them. Uh, you can do what's called carb backloading, which means you take in carbs at the end of the day, stay in fat burning mode all day. You can do. There's been cyclical key, uh, carb cycling. There's all these different ways of skinning the cat. Um, mm. You know, and that's why paleo is amazing, is because it's the easiest way to cut carbs. But mm. you must cut carbs. You must stop eating bread, cereal, pasta, bagels, sugar, sugary mm. drinks, all that stuff is causing your body pop tarts yeah all that stuff um so at the root at the root of all of these successful diets is carb restriction mm-hmm. and insulin yeah because carbs spike insulin and that's yeah. insulin is the, insulin is the fat storage hormone the name of the game is keep your blood sugar under control so that you can control insulin if you control insulin you control fat accumulation period in some situations it can be useful but you know it's for the vast majority of people, it's too much for them to handle. Yeah, yeah, you need insulin. Insulin is, <laughs> insulin is a survival hormone. Insulin was is essentially if you, if you, when you eat food, it gets turned into glucose, like carbs, and it, and your blood sugar goes up. If your blood sugar gets too high, you freaking die. <laughs> so insulin is a defense mechanism. It says, "Yo, we got all this sugar in the bloodstream. We got to take this out." Yeah. So and, and and insulin gets secreted. No matter what you eat, it's just how much, how 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 much insulin is coming out. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's so it's not never spike insulin. It's don't spike your insulin through the roof five six times a day. <laughs> yeah, it's it's <laughs> kind of it's kind of crazy when you, when you understand the basic physiology of it, then it makes perfect sense. But yeah, but it's you know it's been you know, it's hard to explain to people though. It's it's difficult, and everybody just wants to go back to that default. Ah, oh, it's just calories in, calories <laughs> out because you know like because I okay. want to have my cereal in the morning. Because I don't yeah because yeah that and I just don't have time to understand all this stuff. It's very simple. You eat carbs, they turn to sugar. They mm. raise your blood. All of a sudden, all that stuff goes into your bloodstream. As a result, your pancreas says we got to get this out of here, so it secretes insulin. Insulin takes that glucose. And it shoves it inside fat cells. It literally stores fat. Here's the other thing about insulin. When you have high levels of insulin in your bloodstream, it is impossible to burn fat. Why? Mm. Because insulin is trying to store fat. It's trying to get glucose inside the cell. So at the same time, it prevents fat from leaving the cell. So if you eat cereal, up goes your blood sugar, out comes insulin, and you are now stuck in fat storage mode for hours. I don't care if you go run a marathon, you're not going to burn fat, you're just going to burn carbs. Yeah, like you mentioned before that the secret to losing body fat is uh, lowering carbs and suppressing insulin, which is yeah. true because you you can lose weight, but you can't you you can lose weight but still stay fat because you're burning sugar and glucose. Exactly. You can, and and just so everybody understands the end the end of all of this. Um if, if you continue to eat carbs, you spike your blood sugar, you spike insulin, it all comes crashing down, then you do it again three hours later, and, you, and kids especially are vulnerable for this, and you keep doing it over and over and over, eventually you're going to eat that bowl of cereal one day, and your blood sugar is going to go through the roof, and your pancreas is going to say, you know what, man, we're done. Like we don't have we like the abuse, the abuse is over, and it will stop producing insulin. That my friend is when you get diabetes now you're diabetic and you have to inject insulin every time you eat food yeah because because your pancreas just i can't do it you're just abusing it um and like i said kids are a special i have a one and a one and a half year old and it's alarming how many how many carbs and sugary products are marketed towards kids and they're just absolutely everywhere. And so that's why kids in the United States are getting diabetes at like 12 years old. Mm. Uh, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, it was unheard of for a kid to have diabetes. Yeah. Now we've got a big problem on our hands. It's, um, yeah, it's yeah, like a coming generation of uh, yeah. obesity. Hey, pan- hey, pa- hey, pancreases are shutting down all across America. Yeah, five.
<laughs> yeah, we have to develop some uh, artificial intelligence to <laughs> oh, man. Build, build some pancreas yeah. implants or something like that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, man. I got to get in that game. It's a tough, it's a tough game to play. You know, mm-hmm. um, some people are going to listen. They're going to change their life, and some people are going to just tell me I'm absolutely crazy. And and you know, most people who go and start this diet, they go out and they tell their friends about it, and they just and their friends are like, oh yeah, 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 you're crazy. Um, <laughs> Yeah. It's not crazy. And I think 10 years from now, I mean, look where we're at with only two years, really. Um, 10 yeah. years from now, I think people are really, I think a lot of these sugar industry stuff, a lot of these big food companies, they're having a harder time lying to people. Mm-hmm. You know, like because, it's, yeah, with, with social media, things like that. We get yeah, social media and yeah, and all these new scientists and researchers who are like, you know what, man, what they did 34, because, you know, here in the United States, 30, 40 years ago, it was the most corrupt thing ever. You had sugar. The sugar industry was basically just paying scientists and researchers to come out with all this bogus stuff, yeah. saying that bacon is, you know, worse than cigarettes, and and uh, you shouldn't eat the egg yolk because it's going to clog your arteries. And 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 we had what's called the food pyramid. Mm. Have you heard of the food pyramid? Yeah, I heard of it. Yeah, we had that here in the United States for about 50 years. And at the bottom of the food pyramid, what they wanted you to do was eat 60 to 70% of your carbs or of your calories from carbs. Mm-hmm. From and cool then at the grains. very and the very and at the very top, yeah, grains. So yeah, you know why? Is because that stuff is cheap. Exactly. And when you have to feed a huge population, you're gonna have to do it on some cheap stuff. You can't, you know what I mean? You gotta convince exactly. people to eat. Yeah, you gotta convince people to, you know, when they when they fly over third world countries, poor countries that are devastated by, you know, uh, famine and things, they drop food out of an airplane. What do you think they're dropping? Grains, rice, cheap carbs. Exactly. (laughs) Which is, which is kind of crazy because that's going to put them into a more starvation state. Yeah. They're just, it's just, it's, I mean, it's better than nothing, obviously in that situation. But my point is, my point is like, Carbs are cheap for a reason. Fat is expensive for a reason. Especially uh, protein as well is quite expensive. Yeah. Yeah. But to tell the United States, to tell the American people here that you need to have 70% of your calories from bread, cereal, pasta, bagels, and rice is what got us in this situation. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Everybody listen to that advice and now look at us. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, but I know you guys over there are much healthier than us over here. Um, well, yeah, fortunately, yeah, we have we haven't had this kind of a period yeah. of uh, indoctrination. Yeah, so, exactly. I don't think you guys didn't. We had like the low fat craze here in the United States. Big mm-hmm. business. This this country is run by by businesses, and so you know, and people are stupid. But that's what, all there is to it. But where do you think uh, where do you think the keto, this keto thing is going in the future? Um, I, I think there's a lot of promise in the medical community. I think that's where the biggest impact is going to be, you know, if they keep curing cancer with this stuff, if a lot of this Alzheimer's research stuff using the ketogenic diet for that keeps coming out. Um, and you got people that are still like me and you who are just doing our best in our own little way to kind of keep spreading the word. Um, I think the movement's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, I think it's going to be about 30 years before it's actually a – if it has a chance of becoming a mainstream thing, I think it's going to take about 30 or 40 years mm, um, wow. because that's about how long it took for us to get in this mess. You know what I mean? Like you mm. can't just change – you can't just wake everybody up with a snap of a finger like, hey, you've been lied to for the past 40 years. I'm actually kind of more optimistic than you are because – Are you? Good. I think like the – we're already developing, you know, commercially available exogenous ketones and things like that. So mm-hmm. I think like, that's true. I would say like maybe 2020 is going to be the thing uh, like uh, not not like the mainstream advice because, you know, cause the government is still trying to fight back at it. But I, I think like it's going to be like a very common thing. Yeah, I think I mean, the numbers are going to continue to swell. No doubt about it. I was just talking, I was thinking in my head where the majority of people in America, I should say, when the majority of people say we know carbs are bad and it's not just calories in, calories out, it's carbs that are killing us and making us fat, that's going to be a lot longer. But I think the, the keto oh, yeah. movement's going to keep getting bigger and bigger. By 2020, it's going to be double, triple. But there's 300 million people in this country and <laughs> – yeah, like you know, there is there's a difference between theory and practice. Of course, you can say that yeah. carbs are bad, 
but yeah. <laughs> there are still millions of people who want to eat their pizzas and donuts. Yeah, and they, and who just haven't gotten the news. They don't go on YouTube. You know what I mean? They don't. They don't. They don't. You know, they don't even get on the damn internet. They're just sitting at home eating their their bread and butter, and they think the butter is going to make them fat, not the bread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and could you imagine the revolution in the uh, restaurant business as well? You know, like oh. skip skip the bread, double the butter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. Yeah, forever. I was I was actually uh, starting to uh, ask my final questions from you as well. All like, right. Uh, what would you give someone? What advice would you give someone who wants to improve both their body and mind? Um, set a realistic vision for yourself in your head. Like really try and visualize what your potential is. Don't compare your potential to my potential or anybody else's. I, I believe everybody has potential. Mm -hmm. um, and your goal in life, my goal in life is to take action towards reaching my full potential. Mm -hmm. And for that, you need confidence. And I think that you know, and I also feel like people that are listening to this have probably tried a bunch of different things to lose weight and they have failed, right? I think you should go into this ketogenic diet if you do decide to start it and forget about all your other failures because this is a completely different story. This is something that you can do. You can achieve. It's easy um, and and it's going to help you, you know, mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. um, but just just – take action just get into it if you if you're sitting here wondering hey i wonder if i should start this diet the only way to find out is to just do it yeah. just do it learn as you go um make it your own and uh you'll be set free um but for just just keep marching towards your full potential and realize that you have potential i think is my i see so many people i work with so many people and i look at them and i'm very quick i can very easily assess somebody else's potential um Anytime I see a before picture that's sent to me, I don't I, I don't sit there and look at the picture and try and visualize that picture. I, I visualize what I think that person can look like, what I think their potential is. And so every time you look in the mirror, that's what I suggest you do. Keep mm -hmm. visualizing and what you what you can look like, what the what the possibilities are for you and be optimistic about it and don't lose hope. Um, that's that's my advice. Mm, nice. It's powerful. You know, to keep going. Yeah. And uh, yeah. where can people find more about you and your work? Uh, so you can follow me on YouTube, uh, Jason Whitrock. My last name is W-I-T-T-R-O-C-K. I'm also on Instagram. You can go to my website, jasonwhitrock.com. Nice. And I've got a very exciting uh, program launch. Uh, I can't tell you much about maybe off the record, but uh, that's going to be launching here soon. So make sure you follow me to get news on that. Wow. Got us hooked already. <laughs> Excited about the it. Next, the, next, the next step is coming. Exactly, evolution. Yeah, that's All right. right. But I appreciate I appreciate you, Simland. You're uh, uh, this is what I like the most is people like you who are just out trying to spread the word, changing lives, speaking the truth, and uh, for that I commend you, man. Thanks. Okay, thanks, Jason, for coming onto the show. I really enjoyed talking with you. If you haven't already, then make sure you leave us a review and other social media platforms. Share it with your friends and to spread the message of body, mind, empowerment. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode. My name is Seem. Stay ketotic. Stay empowered.